Welcome to the Fundraising Elevator, where we're all headed up. This podcast is a production of ElevateNonprofit.com, an online learning platform for fundraising event professionals. We're coming to you today from the studios of the AV department. Please welcome our hosts, Kristen Steele and Samantha Swaim. All right, welcome to the Fundraising Elevator. We're so excited to be here today with Susan. Susan, we've invited you today to talk about something that I think is a really important topic. So before we do a formal introduction to Susan Ehrman and your expertise, I want to talk first to just set up a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, which is um, the relationship of the development director and the executive director and how powerful that relationship can be. Because I think that um, we often sort of get into our own little silos and our own little lanes in the nonprofit sector. And you have found the magic and the sweet sauce in that relationship and the dynamic of that relationship. So we're very excited to have you here today. We've invited you here because I know that you have sort of found the success in where you can kind of be in partnership, in relationship, what lanes you each own. So thank you for joining us. I'm going to have Kristen do a formal introduction of Susan Ehrman joining us. Kristen, do you want to do a, a bio for us? And then we'll kick off our conversation. I am. And I'm going to just sort of out of the corner of my eye watch Susan kind of wriggle around while I read her <laughs> formal bio. But here it's we go. so formal. Susan Ehrman has over 40 years of experience in development and nonprofit management with expertise in both grant making and fundraising. Susan started her career in higher education in Boston, followed by 15 years as the development director for the largest hospice in the Charlotte, North Carolina region, where she also managed the Women's Impact Fund in Charlotte, one of the largest women's collective grant making organizations in the United States. For the past six years, she has served as the development director for World Oregon. She has been the board chair for Planned Parenthood and Playing for Others. Susan, we are so glad to have you here today. You have a ton of development experience. Talk to us about the magic that a good relationship between a development director and an executive director can have. Well, it's really fun to be here, um, getting to talk to the two of you any chance I get. Um, uh, I think the most important aspect of the relationship between a development director and the executive director or president or whatever that lead person is called is really about trust. Um, and I, I would argue that's really the most important aspect um, of the relationship. Um both people need to want to have the same goals uh, and and they need to feel like they are both in it together. And the trust piece comes in um, both parties being able to share ideas uh, that may be ridiculous or maybe <laughs> perfect, um, but need to be vetted and they need to trust each other enough, again, that they're on the same page and, and that they will... Um, uh, do what they need to do to to make it work. Um, so because of that, honesty is also critical. Mm, I was going to ask, how do we build the trust? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes time. It really does. Um, I think uh, anyone who has been a development director before, when you go through the interview process, you get a gut feeling 
about yeah. who about that person and you know why are they looking for a new development director what what came before where are they headed and what do they see their role as in fundraising i think that's one of the most critical mm-hmm. questions that a prospective development director uh, can ask of the executive director, what is your role as the ED going to be mm. in fundraising? Because without them being fully engaged, I, I think it's really hard for a development director to be successful. Um, I would also say that the executive director needs to not be threatened by mm. the expertise of the development director. Yeah. And and I think that that um, shows up in a number of ways. One is access to the board. Mm-hmm. A development director cannot be successful without good access to the board and without a belief from the executive director that that person needs to have um, really good relationships with board members yeah. in, order, in order to be effective. So they both have to trust each other. Uh, as the development director, I don't go to the board and say, hey, I got a problem with my boss. Um, and the executive director needs to trust that that's not going to happen, but yeah. that they can both have those relationships. Um, I would also, I think, say that part of the magic is you got to have fun. <laughs> I mean, it has there has to be fun. Uh, you have to be able to laugh at what happened when you met with a donor. You have to be able to laugh at how a board member reacted to something. You have to be able to laugh at yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, often. Uh, so I, I think that's um, that's a huge piece. And then I guess, finally, I would say you have to be able, both parties have to be willing to show vulnerability. It has to be that the development director can say, you know, I'm really nervous about talking to this donor because mm, yeah, help me figure out how to do that. And very much in reverse. Um, there are so many executive directors that don't have any experience with fundraising. Yeah, it's true. Um, and they really need uh, guidance, but they have to be willing to allow that to happen. They have to be willing to say, I'm scared of this, um, and and here's why, and help me figure out what to do. So you touched on a whole bunch of things. Yeah, sorry that, about that. No, no it's good. They're amazing. There's some really important nuggets that I want to sort of zone yeah. in on a little or like, you know, microscope a little bit for us. So you were talking about the importance of the transparency and the connection to the board. And we actually just talked about that in our last episode mm. with Lisa Watson about as a board member, she feels like that's a really important connection to have as well, is that there has to be trust and a clear agreement field that this is not where you go to, you know, throw someone under a bus and you only talk to a, a board member when you need to complain. that this is a working relationship of how are you all collaborating together. So in your role and in your work, how does that show up with the board? Are you in one-on-one conversations with them? Are you just simply at board meetings? We talked about the myth that on the board, you're just meeting once a month, but the reality is there's so much more. So how, how do you and your executive director partner in the board relationship? Yeah, um, that's a great, question. Um, Again, so much of it's about good communication. So yes, of course, I'm at board meetings. And of course, it's expected that I'm going to report out on what's happening. But I'm only doing that in having a pre-agreement with the executive director about what I'm going to talk about. Right. I'm not going to show up at a board meeting and suddenly say things that they're not expecting to hear. So some of it is meeting uh, in committee meetings um, or in big board groups, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of it is one-on-one. And what 
what Derek and I do, Derek is president of World Oregon, is that we copy each other in on almost all of our communications with board members. And I might blind copy him if if it's just, hey, I just want you to know, you don't need to be a part of this conversation, but I want you to know I'm talking to them about this. Yeah. Or I've asked them this question. And we do a lot of back and forth. If a board member has been unresponsive to me, I mean, this is, we're probably going to get into this later, but this gets into the whole ego thing. Yeah. You know, as a development director and just to be frank about it, as a female, uh-huh. yeah. there are board members who may or may not respond to me yeah. in a way yeah. that they're going to respond to the CEO um, who is at that level of power in the organization. And there are times, frankly, because he's male. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to be okay with that. And But in order for me to be okay with it, the ED needs to be able to acknowledge it. You know, mm, they yeah. need, they need to be uncomfortable with it too. Yes. Right? They need to be able to say, "Look, I know, I know." They responded to me. They didn't respond to you. And again, if those goals are clear, right, then we're all on the same page and we're all trying to get to the same place. But it is a both a group relationship with the board and very much individual relationships. So you said a couple of things around goals or agreement fields. How much does like? your having a plan for your fundraising goals impact the relationship with your executive director? Um, I have heard the horror stories of development directors who come into a job where the fundraising budget is set for them Mm. based on the gap between (laughs) contracts or yeah. Yeah. And that is not the way to create a fundraising budget. It's also not a good way to be <laughs> successful. So, <laughs> the, again, there has to be lots of lessons here today, oh, folks. Lots of lessons. <laughs> Whew, talk about a red flag. Um, so, again, there has to be uh, an agreement within that plan. This is what we're going to do with foundations. This is what we're going to do with corporations, with individual gifts. This is how we're going to handle our annual fundraiser that we get to do with Swain Strategies. <laughs> um, you know, this is this is how, these are our goals. This is where we want to get to. And, and the where we want to get to, yes, it's about the money, but it's also... I think part of the job of the development director is to teach the executive director about how long relationships take to build Mm, and uh, that, you know, we can say all we want about, well, we really want to raise this amount of money from this individual, but it may take five years to get there. Right. And so everybody needs to understand um, what the goal is. And are we talking about the immediate goal, long-term goal? Um, And as long as I think as long as everybody's as both parties are on the same page, Mm -hmm. Um, then it can work. I'm not sure I answered your question. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that idea that you not only have a shared agreement field about goals, which I think so often in the nonprofit sector, we just think of a number, right? right? Like the goal is $100,000. Instead, it's your developing a plan, a path to that goal. Exactly. And I'm, I'm curious about the teaching of the executive director about the duration of relationship building. How do you teach the executive director that we're not asking this donor the first time we meet them for $100,000? Um, I think there are several, well, <laughs> Some executive directors don't ever want to have to ask for money. Sure. Yes. yes so totally. it's really easy to convince them that that's not what we're doing today. Right. 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 Um, I have certainly worked for uh, and with those individuals. Um, <laughs> I currently work for with uh, a president who 
is absolutely ready to ask for money. Right, right. And is is ready to do that. Like, are, how much are we asking for today, right? <laughs> I'm like, well, no, actually, we're not going to ask today. All we're going to do today, today is have a conversation and get to know each other better or update them on what we're doing. Um, and, and so there has to be, uh, the two people have to know each other yeah. well enough mm-hmm. to know uh, where one might veer off to. And so again, with, with Derek, I will sometimes have to say two or three times, we're not asking for money today. <laughs> this is not the one. But you game plan that. The two of exactly. you have lots of conversations yes. in advance before yes. you meet with the donor. Yes. And I'm assuming you go in with the data of knowing what the donor has done before. You share that. So you have kind of a goal and a strategy going Absolutely. In. Absolutely. And sometimes sometimes I'll just shoot Derek an article. Like oh, if, there, yeah. if I see an article or something from LinkedIn that's just like a short synopsis of, so what is a relationship with a major gift mm. donor and how long does it take to develop? I'll just lob that over there uh-huh. so they can be like, oh, okay, it's not just my development director who sees it this way. This yeah. is like in the industry, um, this is how development directors think things work and, and work best. I think third-party validators are so helpful because <laughs> it's not just this is my opinion, but this is also what other people are doing. So. Exactly. Well, exactly. when we come back, I, we're going to take a break to hear from some of our partners. But when we come back, I want to talk more about the like the how-to, like how would you advise a development director to start to cultivate this relationship? So great. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back. Loving the fundraising elevator, but wondering how you can talk to Sam and Kristen? Well, now's your chance to do it. Book one-on-one consulting time with Swain Strategies experts, Sam, Kristen, and Mary, and get all your event questions answered. Our team has you covered on strategic planning, fundraising strategy, storytelling, data tools, and registration support. Get the tools and the help you need to make the most impact at your fundraising event. Book at ElevateNonprofit.com. The link is also in our show notes. Welcome back to the Fundraising Elevator. We're here today with Susan Ehrman, who has been in the nonprofit development sector for a good long time and brings a lot of experience and wisdom. And today we are specifically talking about the partnership the potential partnership, the amazing partnership that can happen <laughs> between a development director and an executive director. I think um, often people are put into those roles and don't think about how the two of those roles can actually work together to be more than their independent parts. Um, but part of those, that sort of marriage, that relationship being more than its independent parts is um, centered around how ego gets ham- handled, is my guess. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Sure. Um, And I want to talk about how do you manage that relationship so that you're not stepping on each other's roles and each other's moments and that you're actually working together in those pieces? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, And I I think it gets into both um, how you work together, how, again, back to the trust issue, um, and what your interaction is individually and together with donors and with mm. board members. Um, so I, I think 
I, I think of myself as an old-fashioned fundraiser at this point, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't know if it's really true or not, but I believe that the development director's job is to make the executive director look good. Oh, mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. If If I'm doing my job properly, I am helping the executive director to have the primary relationship, in most cases, with a donor mm-hmm. to develop that and to ask for the right amount of money at the right time and everybody's happy. And the executive director gets to feel great about it. The development director gets to feel great about it, even if they've been behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so from the development director's side, you need to be okay with that ego-wise. Uh-huh. You need to be okay with the fact that the executive director is going to stand up in the board meeting and say, you know what? I asked somebody for $100,000 and they said yes. Yeah. And not feel like, well, excuse me. I did all that work. But, you know, (laughs) that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't, you know, helped you get through that process. So I think the development director's job is to help the executive director look good. Um, So I think that's one piece. um, So being able to set aside our own egos as fundraisers. Definitely. Yeah. But I think it's also true for the executive director. Mm. The executive director needs to be able to see or observe, uh, same thing, observe or somehow know if a development director has a better relationship with a donor, who's going to get to yes is essentially mm. the question. Who's going to get to yes in the most positive way and, frankly, for the largest gift? And while you often want that to be the executive director, that's just not always the case. Yeah. You know, we're all different. We have different personalities. We have different approaches. Um, and so I think both people have to recognize, again, going back to that, well, what's our goal here? Yeah. Um, together. What is our goal? Uh, goal together. Um, and then again, I would say the executive director needs to be able to relinquish uh, the the idea that the development director is going to have a relationship, a direct relationship with the board and with yeah. individuals on yeah. the board. And I think some EDs really struggle with that. Mm, I agree. I think that we see often that there's sort of a firewall between staff and board. And yet, Sometimes I think that the boards that are most engaged, that are fundraising the most, that are doing the most in service to the like financial goals of the organization, not the only board role, but those who are most engaged in the fundraising, it's because they have a direct relationship with the development director. Yeah. And they're creating their own plan with the development director the same way the executive director is creating a plan and have a path of like, these are the asks I'm making and this is what I'm giving and this is where I can contribute. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that's an important element. Well, and I also, there's another piece of this, which is who's asking the board to give. Mm -hmm. And again, this may be an old fashioned uh, perspective, but I don't think you should ask your board, your, your supervisor to be a donor. Um, So I don't think Derek should be asking our board members for their annual contributions. Yeah. I should be doing that as the development director. Your president's not asking his boss. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's a very strange and awkward position Mm. um, for the ED to be in. Um, Certainly for larger meetings with board members where you're asking them to go above and beyond that and do something special. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, it's sort of like how the sausage gets made. Right. It's, It's like, you know what? You don't need to know about their annual gift. I mean, I want you to know about it and thank them for it, but let me take care of that as the development director. Well, I wonder too, if there's an ego piece in that for the board, Mm -hmm. you know, when we start looking at who that relationship is for that ask, the diffusing of the ego in that by centering that with the development director, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In terms of really getting at 
how is this impactful? What works for you? Where are you? What can this look like? Um, I think when we sort of un, when we decouple that from sort of the structural roles within the organization, it allows mm-hmm. them to come forward absolutely in a very different way. Absolutely, that's very true. And a lot of at World Oregon, a lot of our board members also represent companies that are sponsors, that mm-hmm. are corporate sponsors. So again, I'm sort of doing the. I don't know, the technical work around all of that. Right. Um, and the relationship is really both of us. You know, it's it's we've been doing a lot of this this fall where we're meeting with each of our corporate sponsors, but we're doing the most of those meetings together. And I think what's great about that is it's not neither of us care about who has the relationship. It's right. really about the fact that we we bring different information to the table. I'm bringing the technical information. I can sense if my boss is not quite spitting out the words that we may have (laughs) wanted them to spit out. And so I can step in. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's always the role of the development director. If, If the ED just in that final moment chokes, they are there to make the ask. Yeah. Um, And again, it was the ED who made it happen. Right. From, from an ego perspective. Yeah. Well, so talk to me how you prepare the ED. So, you know, or the president, you're the leader of the organization is looking at program, is looking at finances, is looking at administration, is, you know, deep in the world of tax returns and policy making. I mean, there's so much that crosses the plate. And when you're focused on, but I need you to be present with this donor and be ready to meet with this donor. What is the like tactical look for you in prepping the ED? Um, And I want to know both like uh, an ED who's ready to make an ask and an ED who's not comfortable making an (laughs) ask. Like how do you approach that prep work? Yeah, it's a great question. I think with an ED who is either not accustomed to asking or um, really just doesn't like the idea, uh, I think role play is a really mm. great tool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and especially if one or both know something about that donor and know how they tend to react, um, either how they've reacted internally or how they've responded to other organizations. Um, so, you know, we have donors who want to be cultivated and want to be wooed. And so that's a different approach than someone who says, you know, we can talk for an hour or you can just tell me what you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you know who's going to do what and sometimes you don't. But I think role play really helps an executive director get comfortable mm-hmm. with the idea. Um, you know, I'll pretend to be the donor or the prospective donor and just throw out some questions. Yeah. Uh, which may or may not actually come up. But I think, again, it's about feeling confident yeah. going into the conversation. Um, so I think every ED is different and, you know, if they're not agreeing to meet with donors, I I just think that's a whole separate question. You know, I mean, seriously, (laughs) if, if an executive director does not see that a really important piece of their job is fundraising, I would advise the development director to start looking for another job. Yeah. Yeah. I really would. I, I, I wouldn't want anyone to stay in that situation because there's just, it's going to be very difficult for them to be successful. 
Well, I think some of that difficulty comes from the fact that they are the figurehead, right? They are the face of the organization often. And donors have a desire to know and connect to that. Absolutely. And so if they're not willing to, it just automatically puts a big barrier from, you know, we have this goal and you need to go raise it. But if people can't feel connected and have relationship to the organization, the leader of the organization, their giving is typically going to be very different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, there, there's no question. Um, but if you have an ED who is willing to learn, and I, I think that's also a key piece, the development yeah. director needs to be able to say to the ED, look, this is not your area of expertise. Sure. <laughs> you, yeah. didn't, you didn't come into this job because you wanted to raise money. Right. Um, chances are you did not. <laughs> um, although some development directors make amazing executive directors. Oh, agree. Um, in fact, most of us probably would yeah. be pretty good at that. But it just acknowledging that that's not your area of expertise. Yeah. And if the ED is willing to acknowledge that, but can also realize, yeah, I know I need to do this and is open to the idea of learning yeah, and of trying some things out and, you know, being able to say, well, this is how I would answer that question. And then saying, yeah, no, I didn't like that. Let's try something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. Do you bring to the table the like history of the donor, the like here's the length of time they've been involved in our organization? Do you do that prep work or is that yeah. prep work that your ED is doing? Well, mostly I think I'm doing that. Okay. Um, and sometimes we're talking about someone that only the ED has ha- ever had a relationship with. Mm-hmm. You know, they may or may not have history with the organization, but let's have a meeting with this person because I know them. I think they'd be really interested in yeah. what we're doing and let's see what happens. And so then it's a conversation of, well, what are we trying to get to in this first discussion? And again, the first discussion. Um, it's not the only one <laughs> right. and, uh, and may not be the right one to ask for the gift. Well, I think so often in this sort of day and age where we have quick apps and computers in our hands all the time that um, folks who are new to development are looking for like the button, the thing they sell, the easy tool that they put on their website, but they're missing the relationship. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you is it's not just about your relationship to the donor. It's about your relationship to the executive director and how you kind of act as a bridge to foster that relationship between the sort of lead of the organization, the president or the executive director and your donor, which I think is sort of where you have found the magic. Watching how you two work together has been interesting to see just the like strengths that you have because you're both able to show up with your best strengths forward. So you're both able to show up to meet the donor where they're at. You're both able to show up for each other. Um, both to like pump each other up before a conversation with the donor and to like game plan after a conversation. And that I think is where when you and I talk about development director, executive director relationship, I'm like, oh, you have figured out that (laughs) magic is that in that trust and in that partnership, you're able to actually build better relationships with your donors. Absolutely. And I, I, um, I did work for an executive director once who because um, because she thought she was the person who was supposed to have all the relationships with board oh, members, uh-huh. we really got stuck yeah, um, yeah. in some situations that we didn't need to be stuck in. And, and it was hard to watch that. It was hard to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, because it's, it, again, we weren't serving that higher purpose. And we weren't both on the same page about, well, where are we trying to get to? And do we really care? 
right, right now who has the relationship. Right. Let's get to where we, you know, to the right place, to where yeah. we want to be. I'm wondering, I want to ask another question, which is, I think, you know, we're really trying to continue to emphasize not only basing so much in relationship, but I also want to continue to add the layer that those relationships take time, not only yeah. with our donors, but I'm... Yeah. But to go back to sort of the relationship between the ED and the development director, that cultivation for impact and for efficiency and effectiveness has to continue over time. So my question to you is, you know, was there a time where you and Derek sort of dedicated time to talking about what do we want this relationship to look like? To each other. To each other. Yeah. Like, or did it just come through doing the things and debriefing them and and sort of that taking place over time? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I will say that the primary reason I took this job at World Oregon was because of certain things that Derek said during the interview process mm. that made me know that he was in it. Mm -hmm. He was really in it. And he was being really honest. Mm. He was being really honest about the situation that I was going to walk into. <laughs> and I realized, and I, I would want any development director to feel this way at any point in their career. When, when you can identify that, it, do it. <laughs> Just take the job. Uh -huh. <laughs> because that will end up being everything, I think, for me. That will end up being the the baseline from which you move forward. So I think because of who he is, because of how much, how strongly I feel about those same things, it just kind of built yep. over time. Yep. Um, yeah. But also when people tell you who they are, believe them. Right? Yeah. That that yeah. that a one eighty is not something you should potentially take. Exactly. That you should have a clear definition of how you feel you can be impactful and to look to make sure that there are people and tools in place that can help achieve that. Well, yes. I mean, I, this is slightly off topic, but when I was interviewing for the position, um, I interviewed with a group of board members. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember a board member saying, how are you going to raise this money? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I we. would answer that by saying how or asking the question, how are we going to raise this money? And sort of described what I saw as that relationship. And I... I I probably was willing to do that because, again, I've done enough of this. Um, I've been in it for a really long time. And so I just know that if we aren't, then I don't I, – this is not a position I, I should put myself in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the ED, it's a really complicated job. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. The development director job, it's just not very complicated. In terms of says someone with a lot of experience. Well, I mean, it, there's a lot to do. I mean, yes. I, I don't yeah. want to equate a lot to do with complicated. The ED has all these people reporting to them, and then they report to the board. And yet, the board is supposed to help the ED do their job, right? In order to be successful, in order for all those other people to be able to fulfill the mission, it's you're kind of in this very weird middle place. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think. Again, the development director can play a role in helping the ED manage that. Um, 
I think it's part of their job, you know, that the, the ED needs to get to a place where they can go to the development director and say, I talked to a board member today and it was a really hard conversation. And to know that that's a safe place, yeah, yeah. that Agree. there is a safe place to have that conversation. Well, you've mentioned the interview process a couple of times, yeah. and I was listening to a podcast that I love, Diary of a CEO, huh. in which the CEO being interviewed uh, was saying that his job during the interview is to convince an employee not to come work for him because he wants to paint the reality of this is where we're at. This is what we need. This is the direction we're going. This is the relationship I want to have with you. And if the person is still in, he knows it's the right height. And it sounds like Derek was doing that. He was he was willing to be vulnerable. He was willing yeah. to show share with you what the need was, where he was at, what his comfort level was, what the organization's needs or strengths and weaknesses were. And I think so often when we're interviewing someone as a potential hire, we put our best foot forward, like we're selling ourselves, like, don't you want to come work for us? Right. And I think when we're interviewing, we think, oh, we're selling ourselves. And so we get into this like world where we're sitting there both sort of pitching ourselves to each other. And I love that Derek kind of took that step back and said, I'm will and showed you his cards and said, I'm willing to be vulnerable, allowing you to make a really informed choice. And I think there's a lot of people entering into the fundraising sector right now. There's a lot of new fundraisers out there. And I think that the value of your advice about the interview process is really important mm. because I think that so often the development director gets into the role and it is that like, here's your money you have to raise. Good luck. Goodbye. <laughs> and the door closes and you're left there trying to figure it out, right? So I appreciate that perspective of like from the jump, the yeah. conversation and the relationship is starting. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I think that's I think that's really important. And I think board members pick up on that right away. You know, when the organization is having a good day. Yeah then nobody really cares. Right, right. <laughs> but when the organization may not be having a good day or it's a challenging time or we're in the middle of a pandemic, I think it's really important on that Zoom call for board members to see the ED and the development director mm. nodding in yes. agreement with each other and being on the same page about how they're going to try and help move things forward. Agreed. I mean, as, a, as someone who's been on a board, you know, I need that confidence yeah. too. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to have a little fun. So, oh boy, thank you for joining us. We'll be right back. At Elevate, we believe in bringing people together. Our online learning platform for fundraising events has webinars, workshops, downloadable tools, and more designed to save you time and stress when planning your next event. We're getting nonprofit, development, and event planning professionals the tools and ideas they need to create events that inspire donors and raise more money. So join us at elevatenonprofit.com. The link is also in our show notes. Well, during our break, we were having a conversation about the fact that Susan has often played the role of being the first in the development department. And I think that's really interesting because so much of what you're talking about today has been sort of playing teacher, coach, you know, providing resource to your board, providing resource to your executive director. So I'm curious with your experience of frequently being in organizations where they've never had a development director before and you've come in, what 
sort of what is the path that you take to sort of assess what the direction of the fundraising plan is going to be? Like, how do you assess, develop, like, I can't even imagine what your first steps are if there hasn't ever been fundraising there before. Yeah. I mean, I think every organization has done fundraising. It's just a matter of what did it look like. Okay. A more formal, a formalized department structure person. Yeah. Right. Or how were the different pieces being managed? It may have been that one person was in charge of the fundraising event, which is one type of activity, and somebody else was in charge of campaign or... Yeah. yeah. And making sure donors get thanked. And I mean, there's so many different, you know, elements. So um, for me, I think the fun part um, as an anthropologist by training (laughs) is spending as much time as possible just talking to everybody on the staff, um, talking to a lot of board members, uh, working with the ED to come up with a list of donors that you know, yeah. you can just call and say, hi, I'm new right. to this organization and I'm making my way and I'd love to talk to you about what your experience as a donor has been. I mean, just what's been happening yeah. and and you can't read in files what's really been happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You just scratched the surface, though, of my favorite thing is when you're new to an organization, that ability to use newness as a way to help donors be seen. Um, I had a development director who said, I want to know the first 100 people I should be talking to in the first 100 days. And the thing that she said to every single donor she met was, I'm new and I asked, who do I need to talk to to learn about this organization and understand donor culture and donor history at this organization? And I was told... I had to talk to you. Oh, I love and that. And it just helps the donor like be seen, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And feel valued and important to the organization. So I love that that's your approach. So you're doing a lot of listening. I've actually witnessed, as you say, say this, I'm like, oh, I've seen her do this. The <laughs> like, uh, You've created a culture of listening, of story sharing, of sort of uncovering to try to assess where the relationship lies. How do you then develop that into an agreement field between you and your executive director? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think it depends on what the initial expectations were mm. yeah. and how many of those were around money uh-huh. and and how much is it you're expected to raise and from what sources. So some of it is coming back to the ED and saying, you, you laid this out for me when I came. So now that I've been here for three months, um, uh, I think this was exactly right. This makes a lot of sense yeah. to me. But these pieces over here, I, I got to ask some more questions because this isn't sitting sitting right yeah. with me for whatever reason. Um, I'm not understanding these relationships or uh, why you think we can raise that much money from this source versus that source. <laughs> um, and, you know, a great example, when I came to world Oregon. And we were, I I specifically said, how many fundraisers do we do a year? (laughs) (laughs) How many events? How many events? And Derek said one, Uh there's just one. I'm like, yes, I'll take the job. Um, And, you know, that's when we brought Swaim into the picture. But part of what I had realized was when they were calculating their net revenue for the event, they had never counted staff time. Oh, right. And that's just enormous. Yeah. And and so it's it, that's a small thing, but it's just an example of let's get realistic yeah. about what these various activities have been costing us mm-hmm. and then assess, well, how do we go forward? Yep. 
And is this still what we want to do? Do how do we make it more successful? Um, whatever it might be. But I love what you said about interviewing donors. Yeah. It's it's great. Being a new person is so much fun. Yeah. It, yeah. it can be. I think it can also be the flip side of that, right? Like really overwhelming. But, right. Like what I get myself. Right. <laughs> but for the new development director who is yeah. either new in a role or new to the career, what yeah. I'm hearing from you is develop the relationships, the relationships with the donors, the board, but mostly that partnership with your executive director. Without question. And and, and to take the time in the room and try to make the room to make that happen. And before we jump into the fundraising elevator and ask you fun questions, I want to just ask, what would you say to an executive director who's listening who says, oh, I need to figure out how to develop a better relationship to my development director? Hmm. Um, thank you for asking that question. That's what I would say to the executive uh-huh. director. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they even are asking that question is a very positive yeah. sign. Yeah. Um, so take your development director out to lunch mm. and say, how's it going? You know, how are things going between the two of us? Is is what is the way that we work together? Is that working? What are we missing? What could we be trying to do? Um, you know, what are your frustrations? I, I think just ask. Yeah, relationship. It's it is all about yeah. relationship. I feel like we silo ourselves too much sometimes in in the role and not realize the like collaboration opportunity. Absolutely. It's it's honestly it's more fun. Yeah. Um and you know, I think Sometimes you have an ED who's quite introverted, um, other times really extroverted. I have definitely worked with both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's that's a really important piece of the dynamic yep. um, that you have to work through. Yeah. Well, let's hop into the fundraising elevator. Yes. <laughs> let's. So every episode, we ask our guests to join us in the elevator, where first we go up to the penthouse where there's a party. And we ask our guests to talk about um, what's an event or a party or an experience that you've been to that was the best and why? I love this question. Um, actually, I was kind of intimidated by it uh, when you told me you were going to ask this. How do you pick one? Um, I'm actually going to pick my daughter's wedding. Oh, I was hoping you would. I love it. I love it. Uh, My daughter got married recently. And I mean, the obvious reason is it's my daughter's wedding, right? But that's not really, that's really actually not at all why why I'm picking it. I'm picking it because they created something that was so intentional Mm -hmm. and they wanted to create a a certain mood. Um, They really understood who was going to be there mm-hmm. and what the different concerns might be and how do we accommodate those. Um, and it just really represented their values, mm-hmm. what was important to them. And and it just, it made a difference. It did not feel like a wedding that um, was just following a path. Right, a checklist. Uh, a checklist, mm-hmm. right? A checklist. Um, I mean, Probably one of the big differences was that because the wedding was in France, um, <laughs> it was 12 hours long, and which is very typical of what they do, which meant that nobody was in a hurry uh-huh. and everything had to be translated. So oh. you had lots of time to absorb what was being said oh. because you just did. And and I, 
I realized that, oh, that's not just about weddings. You know, that's about any event. You need to give people time to absorb what's happening and to absorb what they're hearing and to engage with it in a way that feels good. I love the idea of the intentionality, too, because I think when we're in fundraising world, thinking about fundraising events, we think of like gala with a capital G and we see it represented in movies and TV shows and it's, you know, crowds and beautiful ballrooms. But sometimes the like intimate, intentional, specific can be much more powerful. Absolutely. I mean, I've had donor dinners with 12 people and, you know, we've walked away from there feeling like it was the best night of our lives and they raised a ton of money um, because of the, the connection yes. that people get. Yes. I exactly. love that. Exactly. So uh, I actually texted Rachel yesterday uh-huh. and said, I got to talk about you tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad you brought her wedding it. into the space <laughs> of this. <laughs> Well, let's jump back in the elevator and head down to the basement. Oh, my. Exactly. But that's where all the tools live. Uh It's not Um, scary. It's not so scary. Our basement is not so scary. Um, And have you – what is the best tool you think a great development director should have in their toolkit? Patience. Mm. Patience with everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and particularly with themselves. And I say that as someone who is not very good at that. It's probably one of my, uh, it's what I, whatever I had to write down, what are your greatest weaknesses? No Mm -hmm. patience. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody has different perspectives on what should be happening with a donor, how to talk with someone, um, Why is a donor asking a a question that we thought we answered six months ago? Uh, Why is the staff not moving forward with this project so that I can go raise money for it? Why, you know, it's just, you just got to have a lot of patience with everybody who's connected to the organization. And, um, and hopefully again, trust, I would say is the other biggest tool that everybody's doing the best they can. You know, Hmm. nobody's trying to sabotage anything about the mission or about your ability to, to get the work done. And so if you can go into that, um, go into it with that assumption. I mean, I, so I think I would say patience and trust, um, and you have to believe in what you're doing. I think that's the other, Yeah, you just really do. Um, you need to believe in it. You need to want it. Yeah. Connection to the mission. Connection to the mission and, yeah. and connection to a, a vision, mm-hmm. um, some of which is going to be what the organization says their vision is. And some of it is, well, I think the vision could be like I've always yeah. got this sort of secondary vision that, you know, I'd love to get to um, because I may or may not ever say it out loud <laughs> to anybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important to just have those sort of internal goals. I think, too, our donors have a vision of what they want the organization to be. So I think that being open to understanding perspective is so important. Absolutely. I I think um, I would World Oregon is probably the smallest organization that I have ever worked for. We have 11 employees, um, but that's what I mean by small. Yeah. 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 And so my assumption coming in was that it would be pretty easy to learn the organization and learn what happens. And I mean, we're only talking 11 people. As it turns out, 
this is a really complex organization and there are there's a lot going on and it's there's a lot of deep thinking happening and some very cool stuff it has taken me years to really <laughs> feel like i understand what it is we do, which is probably not something a development director should admit. Um, <laughs> I guess I have faked it well enough. But, you know, they're just, I'm just, I can still be surprised by hearing, oh, wait a minute, we're doing that? And I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so just being open to those surprises, I think it's important. So World Oregon is part of a bigger organization. If folks are interested in learning about World Oregon or about the bigger sort of network, can you talk a little bit about how people can find you? Sure. Um, so our website is worldoregon.org. Um, and World Oregon is affiliated with the World Affairs Councils of America. And there are about 90 organizations across the United States um, that are connected to the world. WACA. <laughs> um, I've, I've learned that when you work with the uh, State Department, um, as we do, uh, there are lots of acronyms. Lots of acronyms. <laughs> lots yes. of acronyms. So we are part of the World Affairs Councils of America. We are an independent organization, as they all are, but we all like to talk with um those people who understand us best, and those are other people who do what we do. Um, and there's another organization called Global Ties US, which is uh, uh, where a lot of our international visitor program work um, happens. So, well, yeah. we are so lucky to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. And thank you for being in the fundraising elevator with us. And <laughs> I hope everyone takes away from this conversation the importance of just relationship, heart connection, mission, trust, having a plan that we all agree on together. I think you have mastered that and oh, it is beautiful wow. to witness. So thank you for sharing your expertise with us. Well, thank you. It's a lot of fun. Have a great day. Thanks. The Fundraising Elevator is produced in partnership with Swaim Strategies at the studios of the AV department. The program is produced by April Clark and directed by Steve Osborne, with audio engineering and original music by Dwayne Anderson and Heidi Christensen. Video production by Chris Peterson, Whitney Gomes, and Nathan Bouquet. Video editing by Steve Osborne. Graphic design by Pendulum Creative Group and support from Sophia Keller, John Lyles, and Andy Dowsett. Fundraising Elevator is recorded at the AV Department in Portland, Oregon. For years, they've been our trusted partner, delivering exceptional audiovisual production and videography for nonprofits. In 2020, they transformed into a dynamic live streaming studio, producing more than 900 virtual and hybrid events. Now, we embark on an exciting journey together to bring you this podcast. Seeking the best in live events, video production, and live streaming? We proudly recommend our friends at the AV department. Link in the episode description.